Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Humble and Hungry, and I'm your friend, Natalie Poucher. Welcome back. I'm so excited for today's episode because we are doing a deep dive into my test results, my my blood test results. Um, like I told you guys, I partnered with Modern Fertility, and I asked them, I was like, hey, do you have anyone that wants to come on the show and just basically talk me through my results? <laughs> because, you know, I have no filter, and... Um, you guys are going to know everything literally about me <laughs> at this point. So they loved that idea. So I'm going to have my guest on today, um, Sharon Briggs, and she is and has been with the company um, for quite a few years now. Um, she's the director of clinical and research strategy for them. Um, super knowledgeable. And she's actually on. Um, she just came back from her own maternity leave, which is which is really cool. So very excited about today's uh, episode. Also, before we get into that, um, make sure to go and subscribe to Patreon if you haven't. I am so excited about what's coming. So starting November, we are doing a very special uh, series to sort of get us through the holidays. And it's me and Riley in the kitchen and he's going to have some special guests come by uh, our kitchen and we're going to basically be teaching you by the way I like how I'm saying I'm going to (laughs) be we no he he will be teaching you um some really cool things in the kitchen and it's not going to just be for the holidays it'll be for like your day-to-day life and um like the tips and tricks that you know he has up his sleeve and some really delicious meals um wine pairings some cool mocktails and cocktails and just like hanging out with us in the kitchen like we normally do um so i'm really excited about that series it's going to be on patreon only if you are currently a member of patreon you are going to get access so if you are um part of the of the bumblebee uh which is like the ten dollars a month if you're part of that and 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 any higher tier then you will automatically get access to this and all the videos and all of that content um if you have not signed on yet you will be able to um in the next few weeks here so just uh bear with me but we are going to be launching that um basically November 1st. It's like the first week of November. You'll be able to have access. I will let you know when you um, 
can sign on if you if you are not part of patreon you can sign on to patreon now if you want um and you basically get access to an archive of all of the past shows um ad free plus all the extra shows that you have not heard yet um and then you will have access to the new cooking show with riley and i and then if you want to sort of wait until the show comes up then i will give you sort of that cue on when you can sign on so that you can get access to all those shows so i'm very very excited we're going to be filming that and recording that in the next two weeks so if there are certain dishes that you want to see if there are certain things that you want to know we'll be talking about the best knives and cutting boards and pans and all the things that he uses so it's i'm just i'm really excited about it so make sure to go and subscribe to patreon if you haven't yet uh and i will um be chatting with you guys in uh the patreon messaging board uh there so super super excited and i also am doing a patreon it's going to be a shorter patreon um this month on the rumors that are sort of circulating about the whole heather and terry drama um the cheating allegations i i wanted to uh say my part on that because um i just think it's but something that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> you guys have been messaging me like crazy on Instagram, asking me if I know anything about it. What do I think about it? Um, and so I just, I wanted to sort of say my two cents and, and, and say what I thought. So that'll be on Patreon only. Cause like I've said before, um, it's my safe place. <laughs> I feel like if you really love me, you're on Patreon and you're, you're part of like my family and, and, that conversation is definitely one for patreon so um so you can go listen there that will be up um and that's it so let's get into the show uh sharon briggs is joining me i'm so excited and let's just do a deep dive into my blood work hopefully i'm not dying (laughs) all right guys i love you all and um i'll catch you at the end of the show enjoy Okay, I'm so excited for my guest today, um, Sharon Briggs, who's the Director of Clinical and Research Strategy at Modern Fertility. Hello, Sharon. How are you? Hi, Natalie. So excited to be here. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. Um, I'm yeah. I'm nervous. I'm excited. Um, just a little recap. I've been trying to get pregnant here for a while. Uh, I got off my birth control last September. And mind you, I got pregnant with my, with my little three-year-old just sort of unexpectedly. Um, and now that, you know, I'm trying to get pregnant, you know, lo and behold, it's actually a lot harder than, <laughs> than yeah, it, you are not alone. Yeah. than it looks. So, so I, and I stumbled upon modern fertility on social media, like I think a lot of us do. And, I, and I saw a lot of positive reviews and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try because, clearly what I'm doing isn't working. And so, uh, you know, when we partnered up, I was really excited about it because I thought, okay, maybe this is going to give me the answers that I'm looking for. So got the, the test in, which was really easy for everyone at home that doesn't know. You basically just, you know, prick your finger, put a little, put a little blood on, on a little piece of paper and you send it back. They already send you pre-labeled, you know, everything. And, and then within days, I mean, I got it within like three or four days, uh, and I got all my results and then I opened it and it was also very 
simple and easy to read, but I wanted you to come on. This is very long winded just to say, I wanted you to come on (laughs) to basically explain the results because I'm an open book. And because I want to sort of explain the whole process of of people who are maybe interested or already have it. And it's like, you know, how do you read all the results? What Mm -hmm. is the next step and all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, (laughs) so how long have you been with modern fertility for? I've actually been with the company for three and a half years. Um, and I actually just got back from my own maternity leave. I actually had a daughter, um, this summer. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Did you use modern fertility? (laughs) I did. I've tested a number of times with modern fertility. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So I basically gave you permission to look at all of my results and everything. Can you sort of walk us through what you guys test for and what everything means? Yeah. Okay, Happy I'm gonna to. pull up. I'm gonna pull up my test results right here. Great. So basically, and I'll pull them up on my side too. You get an email and it says, "Okay, you know, here are your results," and click the link, and then you basically log in, and it's super simple. So it's it says, you know, "Good morning, Natalie," and then it says basically um, explore your results. So you click on it, and then the first thing that pops up is your hormone levels. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you want to just talk us through that? Yeah. Let's talk. Let's start there. So for the monofertility hormone test, we saw we test six different hormones that are related to reproductive function and fertility. And so we roughly categorize these in three different groups. The first is ovarian reserve, which refers to um, the number of eggs you have left in your ovaries. And there's three hormones that are really important there. So it's AMH, and that's the superstar hormone that we'll probably talk the most about, and two other supporting hormones, FSH and E2 or estrogen. And those three hormones together really help us understand how many eggs you have left in your ovary. And what we're looking for is, do you have a lot Mm -hmm. that could be indicative of an underlying condition such as PCOS? Or do you have very, very few, which could be indicative of diminished ovarian reserve or premature ovarian failure? And either of those extremes are something that's really, really important to follow up with a doctor. Um, And so when we look at your results, your AMH was totally normal. So it was in the absolute normal range for your age. And so was estrogen and FSH. And so this is incredibly reassuring. It means that you have eggs in your ovaries um, and we're not worried about any of those extreme ends um, that might indicate that something is is potentially wrong. Okay. That's good. Yes. yes very, very it, it, it did say normal. So I was like, okay, but what does normal actually mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's such a good question. So um, when I looked at your value, um, yours is right smack dab in the middle of what we consider normal for you. So for your age, the cool thing about AMH is that AMH changes with age because we're born with all the eggs we're ever going to have. And yeah. they go down over time by the time we reach menopause we have to really look at your age to understand AMH. Younger people have higher AMH, older people have lower AMH. And so Mm -hmm. for you, yours was right around the 50th, like right in the middle, totally Mm -hmm. average. And in this case, average is a very good thing. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Totally average for your age. So that's fantastic. Um, And so what it means is we expect that you will be, you'll have eggs in your ovaries. Um, We'll look at two other hormones to talk about ovulation. You're you may be ovulating those eggs every month. So there's an egg there that as you're trying to get pregnant, it's it's there, it's ready, it's available. Um, and what it also suggests is that your reproductive lifespan um, looks very, very normal. 
So it doesn't appear that you would be at risk of going into premature menopause, mm-hmm. right? Which as you're thinking about expanding your family, I don't know if you're thinking about two or if you're thinking like maybe there's maybe there's a third one down the line. Right, right. As you're thinking about like the family size you want and how you're going to get there, there are no red flags in being able to continue um, sort of that plan that you have for your family. And so I started my period when I was like, I'm not kidding, in like third grade. I think I was like going into fourth. I was really young. So I thought, oh, if I started young, I'll most likely hit menopause really young. But mine says, I think, what, 51? Yeah. So it's such such a good question. Um, The ovary is totally magical. Um, yeah. <laughs> and most people sort of hit that that average range of really early 50s. There can be a really big range. Okay. Like as early as your early 30s and as late <gasps> as your early 60s. Yeah, it's wow. it's wild. But the age that you start your period, it has a small impact. So it could be 12 months earlier for you because you started your period a little bit earlier, but we're not talking like years, 10 years earlier or five years earlier, just because you started your period earlier. Um, And, and you're born and is everyone born with like roughly like an average amount of eggs or is that just sort of entirely like everyone is different? Yes. Um, We think um, and a lot of the data shows that most people are sort of born with about a million eggs. And then by the time you reach puberty, right, by the time you have your first period, there's somewhere around 300,000 and half a million eggs in your ovaries. Wow. And then by the time, you know, year after year after year, you work your way down to menopause, that gets close to zero. Um, it's it's really remarkable, Um and actually an area where people are trying to figure out, can we expand expand the yeah. window of time that someone has to get pregnant by just saving some of those eggs? There's so many of them. Right. So how do we do a better job preserving them? And and science just hasn't gotten us there yet. But there are a lot of people who are working on it. Wow. Imagine that day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. Okay. So overall, I'm looking normal as far as my egg count goes. Um, yes. Okay. And, and, and by the way, when you're looking at it on, um, online, it is very, it's so easily to like, it's just easy to read and clear. So, so if you're, if you have one, you can just sort of follow along. Um, so that was AMH, FSH, and then the E2. Yes. Okay. Um, the next category of hormones we look at are related to ovulation and ovulation just as a refresher for everyone, because I think we can all use a refresher on sex ed stuff. Yep. (laughs) Um, Ovulation is the process where your ovary releases a single egg. That egg goes into the fallopian tube. And if there is sperm around, that's where fertilization happens. So you have to have ovulation in order to have fertilization and establish a pregnancy. So ovulation is absolutely key. And we look at two hormones related to ovulation. One of them is LH and the other is prolactin. I kind of like starting with prolactin. It's kind of my favorite, maybe right now because I'm, I'm breastfeeding, but prolactin literally means prolactation. And it is the hormone that turns on when you are breastfeeding. It helps with your milk supply. It helps with nursing. Um, for anyone who's maybe been pregnant or nursed, you might notice that you don't start your period right away after pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And that's because prolactin 
has somewhat of an effect on ovulation. It can actually suppress ovulation and prevent you from ovulating. Now, the caveat there is it is not birth control. It does not work that okay. well. And <laughs> people that's be, the big myth. Yeah. 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 It it and and the myth is rooted in science and in biology. Prolactin does suppress ovulation somewhat, but it is not perfect and it's not true for everyone. That's why you can get pregnant so quickly after having a baby because prolactin is just not not super effective. But in the case of fertility and why we look at it is if your prolactin level is super high and you are not breastfeeding, that can be indicative of an issue. And that prolactin, that high level of prolactin in your body can be signaling to your ovaries, wait a minute, we are not ovulating right now. Mm. And so if you're not ovulating, that can get in the way of getting pregnant. Got it. My God, this is so fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) And then we also look at LH. LH is just an important hormone when it comes to to ovulation. And for you, in both of those cases, your prolactin and your LH were totally normal. So at least looking at the, the hormonal components of ovulation, things look really good. Okay, great. Um, that makes me very happy. So why do you think, so I guess the reason why I was even looking into this was because I was having so many symptoms and I felt, and I've, my period is very regular since having my, my child. I've, I'm like to the hour to the, to the minute where I, when I start my period, I'm, and I normally don't have that many issues or, you know, I don't have a lot of issues. And so when this last month was really hard for me, September was very hard. I was so nauseous. I had every symptom as if I was going to start, you know, or I was going to, I was going to be pregnant. And, yeah. um, and then I was late on my period. And that's when I for sure thought, oh, I have to be pregnant. I mean, I have right. everything that I had with my first <laughs> you know, daughter. And, um, and then I started my period late. And then it was only, I think it lasted like two days. So I was like, okay, is something going, is there something like deeper rooted that's going on with me? Is it just, I, I wasn't sure. So it does, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good question. And I can offer a little bit of context, but probably cannot answer fully what is going on. But what's so interesting about our reproductive hormones and our menstrual cycle is it changes month to month. And so these hormones do control things like how we're feeling, those pregnancy symptoms. What's so cruel maybe is, you know, these hormones are are triggering symptoms in our body that feel like pregnancy sometimes, but also happen even when you are not pregnant as well. And so changes in these hormones month to month can sort of bring on changes in symptoms. And I think what's really unfortunate, I tried for eight months before I was successful getting pregnant. And, you know, the the symptoms are so overlapping between when you're going to get your, when you're in the days leading up to your period and when you're in the really early days of pregnancy. And so it's probably fluctuations cycle to cycle um, in your hormones. And I think the real question is what causes that? Right. Um, and that's where I don't have the perfect answer, um, unfortunately. Um, what is progesterone? Mm-hmm. And is that that's part of question. is that part of what we're what what we just tested or, or we're, are looking at here? Or no? Great question. So progesterone is not included in the modern fertility hormone panel. And that's partially because we do the modern fertility hormone test on day three of your period. 
day three of your period is what's considered baseline for your hormones. You know, it's before there's all these cycles that are going on. Um, and so it's baseline. It helps us give, a, give us a, a really good understanding of, of where hormones are. Progesterone is most informative in the middle of your cycle. And so the reason for that is after your ovary releases an egg, right? It ovulates an egg. Your ovary starts producing progesterone. And ovulation happens in the middle of the cycle. And so it's in the middle of the cycle that progesterone turns on. And progesterone is really valuable for helping us understand, did ovulation even happen? Mm -hmm. And so you can measure progesterone in that mid-cycle time. And if it's high, you have a really good idea that an egg was ovulated, that ovulation successfully happened. But at baseline, progesterone is really low and it doesn't really tell us anything about what's going to happen in the middle of the cycle at ovulation. So that's why progesterone is really important mid-cycle versus on day three. So I got a blood test with, with my OB before even thinking about, you know, doing the modern fertility. And yeah. I, I want to say it was um, like four or five days before I ended up starting my period, but I got my test back and it's that my progesterone was very, very low. So I wasn't sure. I'm like, am I dying? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so I wasn't sure like, oh, is that maybe the cause of it? Is that normal for it to be low right before you start your period? That's why I was curious. Yes. So progesterone after it initially turns on after ovulation will come back down and return to baseline. And I think there's two things to think about. Um, if progesterone is low at that time, it's possible that month you didn't ovulate. Okay. And so maybe for whatever reason, the egg wasn't be able to be released. And so no ovulation happened. So your progesterone just stayed pretty flat. And so by the time you tested it, it was low. The other explanation is that, you know, hormones are not one size fit all. We aren't all walking around with the exact same hormone profile, which is why it is so important to look at your own hormones versus just saying, oh, my friend did it and you know, her right, hormones right. were X, Y, or Z. Different. It's just, yep. right, everybody is different. So it could be for you that when you ovulate and when that progesterone kicks in, it just kicks in lower. Mm. You know, some people might have a really high spike. Some people might have a lower spike. And so for you, when you tested, it was just low. It was lower than maybe other people. I think at the end of the day, whether that is a, a indicative of a, of a particular issue, um, probably comes down to the exact day, day you tested and the exact progesterone level. Um, so I don't know if your doctor talked with you about it, um, or, you know, yeah, not yet, which, which I need to, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) not yet, but because then, you know, the, the problem is we have, you know, Google at our fingertips. And so then you put in low progesterone and it's like, oh, you have a high chance of miscarriage and ectopic pregnancies and all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, is that why I'm not getting pregnant? Um, so, you know, that's also the problem with (laughs) modern day. Now we're like self-diagnosing ourselves. You're telling me. Yeah. Now, a quick break to tell you about one of my favorite brands, Cozy Earth. Thanks to Cozy Earth, I've never had a better night's sleep in my life because their sheets are so dang comfy, Um, but now they're making the comfiest loungewear 
in my life. Cozy Earth has developed and crafted high quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. Cozy Earth women's loungewear is crafted from the same breathable and luxurious material as their bedding, and it offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. Plus, Cozy Earth has even been featured on Oprah's favorites list four years in a row, and they have a 10-year warranty on all of their products. They have all sorts of clothing to try on, like tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, joggers, even scrunchies. And I've talked about this before. Um, You know, if you are pregnant or you're, you know, just gave birth, you want to be in delicious, yummy clothes that is just going to be breathable and delicious. And even if you're not pregnant, ladies, I am three years post, (laughs) I'll call it postpartum. um, And I still want to wear delicious, beautiful clothes. So this is uh, the brand for you. Cozy Earth even provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off um, the entire site when you use the code HUMBLE. So go to CozyEarth.com and use code HUMBLE for 35% off site wide. You're welcome. Okay, I'm talking about one of my absolute favorite brands of all time. Uh, We're talking about First Person. First Person is supplements made with functional mushrooms aim to stimulate the body's natural production of specific neurotransmitters that trigger activities like energy, mood, and sleep. I had struggled with pretty much my entire day. In the morning, I would be tired, I would be foggy, Um, And then at night, I had so much anxiety, I couldn't sleep. And it was like, what the heck is going on? And I started using first person, honestly, months ago. And I was obsessed. Um, It's just, it's been able to sort of jumpstart my brain again if that makes any sense. Like in the mornings, I'm good. I'm I'm on it. It's called Sunbeam. You basically take two uh, sort of tablets, if you will. Um, they're, they're beautiful little tablets. They almost look like dipping dots inside the little tablet. <laughs> they're so cute. Uh, but you take those in the morning and you'll feel focused. It's like you had uh, coffee and without like the jitters, you don't get any of that. And then you have your golden hour pill. Um, and that one is like sort of in lieu of a cocktail. You can just take two of those and it's again, all natural. You don't get addicted to them. They're so good. And then at night, um, to go to sleep, it's called moonlight. And that's for like that deep restorative sleep. Um, look, you don't have to take them every day if you don't want to, you can take them as you want. Again, they're not they're You're not going to get, you know, uh, addicted to any of this they're just great supplements to overall help your health so go start improving your brain health and cognition with first person get 15 percent off your first order by going to getfirstperson.com and use code humble that's g-e-t-f-i-r-s-t-p-e-r-s-o-n.com code humble for 15 percent off your first order that's getfirstperson.com code humble these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration these products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease okay guys we're clearly doing a huge uh, modern fertility um podcast today an episode today um and we're, we're sort of taking you into what 
modern fertility really is and sort of how it works. Um, but what I didn't know is that one out of eight couples struggle with infertility. Um, it, it, that's just a staggering statistic and that most people don't actually know or aren't ready to talk about. But I feel like it's just good that we have this data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and our futures. But that's why Modern Fertility was actually created. It's an easy and affordable way to test fertility hormones at home with a simple um, prick of the finger and you just mail it in with a prepaid label like I was telling you guys earlier and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. Um, you'll get insight into your hormone levels like we're talking about today, like your ovarian reserve, AKA if you have more or fewer eggs than your average person your age and other really important factors that can impact your fertility. The results go deep into what every hormone means and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for the next step. So traditional hormone testing at fertility clinics can cost over $600, but modern fertility tests the same general set of test hormones at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash humble30, you can get $30 off your test. Plus you can get reimbursed for your test through FMSA or HSA. So I think that's really important. Um, and if you want kids today, or maybe you want them in the future, clinically sound information about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Um, right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash humble30. This is a limited time offer for $30 off. That means that your test will cost $149. That's so important, guys. Um, hormone testing at a fraternity, fertility clinic can cost more than three times as much. So go get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash humble30. That's modernfertility.com slash humble30. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so so maybe I'll have to maybe do another test when it's like at the proper time of my you absolutely ovulation. Could, yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then I'll just quickly touch base on the last hormone. Yeah. Um, that's in the panel that we haven't talked about, and that is TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. And the thyroid is such an important. Um, organ in our body, and it has so many functions. So it helps control our metabolism and our weight and our energy levels and our sleep. And um, when the thyroid is out of balance, you can have tons of symptoms. Um, and so it's one of the key hormones that we test because it also relates to fertility. So the first thing, and I don't think many people know this, there are optimum levels of thyroid hormone in pregnancy. Mm. So if your thyroid levels are too high before you start trying to get pregnant, sometimes doctors will actually treat you um, because high levels of, of, of thyroid hormone in pregnancy can be associated with things like miscarriage, like preterm birth and some outcomes during pregnancy that are, that are definitely not great. And so doctors really want to see a TSH level below 2.5 in the first trimester of pregnancy. And so it stands to reason if it needs to be below 2.5 when you're pregnant, it should probably be below 2.5 before you get pregnant because right. you're not going to know you're pregnant for a while. So right, right. often treat um, to get those levels down. And so I looked at your TSH level 
your TSH level is definitely below 2.5, which is a really good sign. On the, on the one side, it doesn't suggest any thyroid conditions. Um, and then on top of that, it's below this 2.5 level, which is really important for the first trimester of pregnancy. Okay. So it seems pretty normal because my mom, uh, a lot of people have it in my family. Um, yeah. I think my mom has hypo, um, yeah. not hyper uh, thyroid and my, my sister has it as well. And I think my mom actually got diagnosed with it when she was 33. I'm 33. And it was after her fourth pregnancy. And I think that's when it sort of triggered her, her thyroid issue. Yeah. And that's actually really common. And another thing that I don't think a lot of people are aware about is postpartum thyroid conditions are actually quite common. And so it postpartum is such a crazy time. There's so many changes. You're just trying to figure out how you're going to adapt to this new baby. Your weight is maybe changing. Your hair is mm -hmm. falling out. Like you can't regulate your body temperature. And that's totally normal in postpartum, but those are also signs of an underlying thyroid condition. Gosh. And so um, actually one of my really good friends and the co-founder of Modern Fertility, this happened to her and she had no idea about it. No one had ever warned her about it. And she didn't find out until she took a modern fertility test and her TSH level was through, through the, the roof. roof. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I know, and I think sometimes we think, oh, we're just going crazy. It's just the baby or it's just the postpartum. It's like, no, sometimes right. there is a really like serious underlying thing that you just, you just never know. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Absolutely. And she was able to get it treated and it just totally changed her quality of life. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So we went through all the hormone um, tests. And then basically here, it does give you sort of a summary on each one. And then, and, and then what else? Like, so, and then it gives you some sort of like, um, sort of like, like data, right? Like right here, it says you may reach menopause around the, you know, the average age of 51. Um, so talk us through these next sort of few things that I'm reading here. Yeah. So the great thing about the modern fertility results is that you can dive deep into any of the topics you care about. So maybe menopause is something that's on your mind. Maybe people in your family went through menopause early or you're really, you know, it's just on yeah. your brain. You can dive in and read a really detailed explanation of how to think about your results in relation to menopause. Um, we call them reports. And so you can deep dive into all of the nitty gritty, but maybe you're thinking, okay, menopause, that's way down the line. I'm just not really there yet. I'm thinking about freezing my eggs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure when I want to have kids. I don't have a partner. I'm thinking about fertility preservation. We have an entire report dedicated to egg freezing to understand all of the components that go in, whether you might be a good candidate for it and what you can expect with the process. So you can totally deep dive, nerd out everything there is to know about egg freezing. Love that. Um, or maybe you find out that your TSH is high and you just want someone to go a few levels deeper in what that means for you. You can dive into the thyroid health or the specific report about the TSH hormone to learn more. And so it's kind of choose your own adventure, whatever right. you're interested, whatever you see, dive in deeper in the reports to learn more about those topics. So for me, if I want to get pregnant, so everything looks normal. I still, I'm still not getting pregnant. What is like the next step for me to do in order to yeah. possibly get pregnant? It's, it's such a good question. And I think it's important to note that fertility hormones aren't the end all be all when it comes to getting pregnant. First of all, you need an egg and you need sperm. So there's a whole male side of the equation that we're not even talking about. So step number one is if you haven't potentially get your partner tested. 
um, make sure everything's okay with their sperm. Because I think the really frustrating reality about fertility is that society just assumes it's a woman's issue. Mm -hmm. And people just do all these tests on women, test after test after test after test, invasive tests. And often not even looking. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And so the number of couples who spend years trying to understand what might be going on with the women where the guy doesn't have any sperm. Right. And they just never looked. So I think that's that's a huge thing to remember is check out the male side of the equation. You can do semen analysis tests to make sure everything is okay there. Um, And you guys don't offer anything for for men yet, do you? um, We don't, but we will soon. So that is very exciting. So 2023, we'll definitely be bringing that. Um, I'm super excited because I think it's about equity, right? Until you can bring both of these, um, the sides of the table together and and have both partners engaged. Mm -hmm. um, It's just, again, it's people rely on women to take the brunt of this when really it's 50-50. Right. Okay. So basically check him out because he could be definitely the issue. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, okay. So, so get them checked out. And then, so, because this is basically just trying to guide you as far as, are you good? Because once you guys tell me basically you're normal, then it's maybe me taking the next steps on my own to figure out how yeah. to yeah. get pregnant. We're, yeah. We're, we're looking at one piece of fertility, which is these hormones to understand is there a red flag here or are we good? And so the next steps that I would think about is potentially reaching out to your doctor. One of the things we don't do is ultrasounds of the ovaries and the uterus and the fallopian tubes. So could there be something structurally going on that's worth looking into? And so that would be a next step to consider. And then the unfortunate reality is even the best of science and medicine has not figured out everything of, of, about fertility. Right. It's why there's a whole category called unexplained fertility. And even when doctors get in there, they run all of their tests, they take all the blood in the world. There's still some stuff we don't understand about fertility. It's what gets me excited to right. like, push forward and do the research and, and learn because there's so many people who are still not served. But um, the reality is we don't know everything there is to know. So those are the few things you can do. Check your partner. That's like absolutely number one. Talk to your doctor to see if there's any additional imaging, like an ultrasound they can do to kind of get a better picture of, of ovaries, uterus, fallopian tubes. Yep. Um, and then it becomes, if that everything is checking out normal there, then it becomes a conversation about, do you want to keep trying at home or is it start to start is it time to start thinking about something like ovulation induction? Is it start time to start thinking about um, insemination or at the doctor or IVF? Those start to become the options and they get um, more invasive and more expensive yeah. um, as, you, as, you, as you go. That's for sure. Um, do you guys have any option for people to speak to anyone um, on here? Yes. I'm okay. so glad you brought that up because everybody who purchases the modern fertility hormone test can talk with a fertility nurse and our fertility nurses are amazing. They work in fertility clinics. They're helping couples all the time get to the bottom of their fertility issues and get them pregnant. And so they're really, really knowledgeable about what these hormones mean and how you can think about sort of your personal reproductive plan, whether it's, I don't want to get pregnant for 10 years, tell me what to do, or I'm really struggling right now and I need to understand what my best next step are. So they're just 
really amazing. And you can schedule time to talk to them about your personal um, results and they can help guide you to, to what's next. So it's I really great that. for, yeah, it's really great for it's people. Like a, it's like, like a fertility you know concierge. <laughs> exactly. It was just, I want to get on the phone with someone and have a real conversation yes. about what's going on. Uh, yeah. Cause I know for me, like I get overwhelmed with like reading all these articles. I just want to talk to somebody and ask them the questions just like I am with you and being yeah. like, am I crazy? Like what's going on? <laughs> Yeah. Why do I yeah. feel this way? And then because it just it, it sort of reassures you and you feel like you're not alone in this. And yep. um, there's just something about that human interaction that I feel like you just don't get online yeah. or like in a chat right. room, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Which is why we make it available. Some people really like the human connection of talking to people. Other people are like, I want to read all of the information yes. first. Yes. Yes. So I know what's going on before I, you know, maybe have that conversation or go to my doctor. So we try to to make the experience work for everybody. I love that so much. Okay, here's my last question. And okay. I, I I think it was at my daughter's birthday party. We were start, start, start talking about it. And um, and we were saying, if you do uh, like IVF or something like where you have to extract all these eggs and whatever, can that put you into early menopause? Because now you're like getting rid of so many eggs and, and how does that work? Yes. Such a good question. I wish I had a whiteboard and I know, we had to start so, Googling because I was like, I don't know. Does that actually like make you lose more eggs? I, I don't know. Such a good question. So, um, people have been doing IVF for over 40 years now. So we have a lot of data on this and the data shows that it does not put people into early menopause. And here's why. So every month your ovary starts maturing anywhere from a few to a few dozen eggs. Mm -hmm. And there's this amazing process. They're all developing and maturing, but only one of those eggs is ovulated. All oh. of the remaining, they're destroyed. And so what the egg freezing and IVF process, when they're going in and actually harvesting eggs, they're just saving all of those eggs that were there that would otherwise get destroyed. And so oh. you're not you're not reaching in and taking eggs from the bank. You're just saving eggs that would have otherwise been destroyed. Got it. And that's so, fascinating. So that's that's why you get a bunch in one go. Um but you aren't affecting sort of the eggs that are left or menopause timing. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> oh my god. So interesting. God the 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 body is like so fascinating. Um, it's why I do what I do. <laughs> right. And so, and so there are women that, that are born with no eggs. Um, wow. This is such a good question. Um, there are certainly, um, certainly women who go through premature ovarian failure and that can happen very early. So even before they reach puberty, um, they lose all of the eggs in their body. I'm trying to rack my brain to see if I can think of any, I don't actually know whether there are certain circumstances when people are born without eggs. If yeah. it, if it happens, it's very rare. Okay. Wow. And so, and then when people have to go through, um, what is it called? Hysterectomies? No, hysterectomy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's obviously where they have to basically take everything out. So then you are also not able to have children. Correct. Yeah. So. And is there any way of like extracting whatever's left? I mean, I guess if you're having a hysterectomy, it's because maybe it's like you don't have eggs or. 
or what is, what's the purpose of that? So hysterectomy is typically they take out the uterus and that might happen if you have a lot of bleeding or you don't want kids. And so they take out the uterus. Sometimes in that process, they'll take the ovaries too, but often they'll leave them. Um, If they do take the ovaries, then you're sort of, you're done. No eggs left in your body. Um, But they can leave them in there because let's say you get a hysterectomy at 40. Yep. Um, because you don't want kids, the ovaries still produce estrogen. And that estrogen is helpful to maintain your bone development and, and other things. So, um, Got it. Okay. So two very different things. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> um, That's what this is all about. <laughs> I know. I know. This, is, this was very, very helpful. I'm so glad you came on here and talked to us about this. Um, I'm sure I could talk to you about this for forever, but I really appreciate it. I feel like it, it eases me and it's a little frustrating because I feel like, why am I so sick? But now it makes sense because you're, you're saying basically there's no, every month can be different. And so maybe this month I'm just a little bit more sensitive. Yep. So, um, I'm definitely going to keep on looking at other, you know, maybe it's him, (laughs) Yeah. which I never thought about and, and a few other things. So this was good. This was very reassuring. Yeah. And I think maybe the one last thing I'll leave you with is that um, for people, if you have been trying for 12 months, that is often the case for the time where doctors will start taking it seriously. And okay. I think it is totally, it's totally screwed up that they're kind of just like, we're not going to talk to you. Go try for 12 months and then right, we'll talk right. to you. I, I think that's I think that's wrong. Um, and it's a big part of the reason modern fertility exists. But after 12 months, that's when doctors will start actually doing additional testing. Um, so if it's been that long, you should really be starting that conversation with the doctor so that they can start doing all of these tests. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to do that because I feel like it has been – it has been taking me a little bit too long. So, yeah. okay. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate Natalie, thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank it you, was a thank blast. You. And you can always reach out with any questions you have. I'm thank you happy so to much. Them yeah. If you guys are on the fence, if you guys are thinking about it, if you're like me and you're, and you're like, oh, it's just been taken. Just take the test. It's, it's, I mean, like it's a, it's just a game changer. And I feel like the fact that we have the ability to do it from our own home um, at, a, at, you know, at a quarter of a cost of what it would normally, you know, be at, at, at your doctor's office. I feel like just take advantage of, of what we have um, access to. So thank right. you again so much. I appreciate thank it. You. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Good luck, Natalie. Thank you. Okay. That was good. I'm not dying. That's good. Uh, but, but clearly there's something that I should be uh, looking into. So I'm going to keep you guys posted on, on what's happening with my fertility journey. Thank you for coming along with me. I know a lot of us are going through our own, uh, our own situation, our own journeys. And, um, but you just know that you're not alone. We're all going through something. And, um, you know, if you ever need someone to talk to always, you know, you can always message me on Instagram. Um, I'm, if you need an ear, I'm here. Uh, but yeah, modern fertility. This is this is uh, the, the future of fertility, ladies. So I'm really excited to um, to be partnered with them, and and I'm incredibly humbled for 
for having them part of the show. So thank you guys again for listening, for being part of um, my life. And I will see you all next week. Make sure to go uh, subscribe to Patreon if you haven't. And go rate and review the show if you can. Give it a five star, please. Please, I beg of you. Uh, And I will see you all next week. Remember, stay humble and stay hungry. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.